Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, everybody. This is Joe Lynch with the Logistics of Logistics podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we have a very interesting topic, something I don't think we've talked enough about in this podcast, and it's being customer focused. And so today's topic is building a high growth customer focused 3PL with Betsy Westhafer. Welcome, Betsy. Hey, thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. It's been my pleasure. This is a great topic. And again, I don't think we talk enough about it. And when we do talk about it, I think we're too superficial. And you're going to help us stop being that superficial way. So Betsy, before we get started, I want to talk a little bit about how we met. So we met because you are a member of TMSA, and so am I. And you're going to be at the June conference coming up, and I think that's June 7th through the 10th down in Nashville. And you are one of the presenters down there. So, uh, of course, I wanted to buddy up with you for the <laughs> conference so we could meet. And for those of you who don't know what TMSA is, it's the Transportation Marketing and Sales Association. It is kind of the go-to association for people who sell transportation and logistics services. So if you're in that business and you want to sell more, they are the guys to know. And Betsy is speaking at that conference down again June 7th through the 10th. And Betsy, why don't you tell us, before we get started, tell us a little bit about you, and we'll get more into the conference before the end of the podcast. Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah, again, my name's Betsy Westhafer, and I am in Dayton, Ohio. I am the CEO of the Congruity Group, and we're an organization that really helps organizations within the transportation logistics industry learn how to build really deep relationships with their customers and have a process for doing that so that ultimately they grow faster in a more sustainable way. Very, very important. And again, I think this having a customer focus is something we all say we do, but you're going to show us how we can do it better. Before we get into that, though, where'd you grow up? Where'd you study? What's Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, I'm from a town at the very southern tip of Indiana called Evansville, Indiana, and I lived there until 1990 and moved to Dayton, Ohio. And prior to moving to Dayton, when I was just getting out of high school, I went to Western Kentucky University, where I studied journalism, public relations, and business administration. Oh, kind of everything over there. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you do prior to starting the Congruity Group? Well, I was a little late starting in my career. I made the decision to stay home with my children for the first 12 years, and so I did that. But while I was staying home with the kids, I had a a really cool gig doing proofreading and editing for ad agencies. And so just doing that on a freelance basis, kind of nights and weekends kind of job. So I did that, and then when my kids all were in school, I started working for different association management firms and just different nonprofits. And while I enjoyed the work a lot, what really started to emerge for me is that at my core, in my DNA, I'm an entrepreneur. And so I co-founded a company in the legal industry, and that went really well. And so we sold out our interest in that in 2015. And then I started the Congruity Group, where we do voice of the customer programs, including customer advisory boards and strategy and that kind of work that we'll talk about here in a minute. 
Excellent, excellent. You know, you mentioned being a stay-at-home mom, and you were able to stay in the game, so to speak, by doing some freelance, which is not easy because it's not like being a mom is a part-time gig. <laughs> I think that's fantastic, and I know it's a real challenge for women. My wife stayed at home with our kids for 11 years, and she always said, it's a real challenge when you get out of that and the kids are in school to kind of get back in the work world. It's like you start over again to some extent. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And the world's changing so fast. I mean, for me, you know, 20 years ago, it wasn't, the world wasn't moving as fast as it is now. I can't even imagine what a challenge it is for young moms now that are re-entering the workforce because it really can pass you by in a blink of an eye. Yeah, I've always said being a stay-at-home mom is the best job in the world for the first 10 hours. It's the the last 14 hours where it's a killer. (laughs) It's not an easy job. It is not. But I I cherish those days and I feel very fortunate that I got to do it that way. But it, it was not an easy job. I will say that. But all the kids are doing well. And so the rewards are huge. There you go. You did your job. Good job. So today's topic is building a high growth customer focused 3PL, which of course, which is what we all want to do. No one wants to be a slow growth company. No one wants to be a laggard, but obviously we're not all winning. This is in this, when we're talking about transportation, logistics, warehousing, even the technology side, it's an extremely competitive business. And even people who are very good, who were growing, you know, rapidly until recently, their struggles, the market is hard. So <laughs> What's, in your opinion, in your experience, what is the difference between the companies that are winning and the companies that are not winning? The haves versus the have nots. Tell us about those have nots first. Yeah, I think the have nots maybe haven't gotten to a point where they have built a culture of customer centricity, where they they really have a deep commitment to the customers versus just kind of a cursory, oh, we should be checking this box. We should send out a survey. We should do some research. We should talk to the customers on a quarterly basis, that kind of thing. But it goes much deeper than that. And the other thing is just having a mechanism, a system, and a process for consistent engagement with the customers. And I think the have-nots maybe haven't gotten there yet, not necessarily because they don't want to, but maybe just, you know, from a maturity curve, they're just not there yet. But the haves that do have that commitment and that structure, they're the ones that are going to ultimately win the game. Yep. So staying with the have-nots for a minute, I think all of us feel like we know our customers. We feel like, oh, well, I've been doing this for 20 years. What do you mean I don't know my customer? So I would say when there's the have-nots, and I'll, I'll throw myself in there as a, a bad example, I think I know some things. And I think the older you get, the easier it is to kind of hang on to some ideas about your own experience and your own knowledge. Maybe even if it's 10, 15 years outdated, I think there's a little bit of ego that lets us stick to what we think we know. Right. And that's where mindset comes into play. I mean, ego is a big part of it as well. But if you have this mindset of being, you know, open to the feedback and open to the fact that maybe I don't know everything and maybe making decisions in a bubble is not such a great idea after all. And just really opening up your mind to the fact that you can learn a lot from your customers that will make you far more successful than if you just make the assumption that you know what they want. And even if you have conversations with them and you think you know what they want, do you really? I mean, that's the question I would have people pose to themselves. Like, do I really know or do I just believe what they're telling me? And then the other part of that is, 
you know, there are multiple touch points for a customer within an organization. They may be talking to the C-suite. They may be talking to sales. They may be talking with operations people, whatever the case may be. And, you know, the people that are saying they know their customer, that's their perception of what their customer needs. And it's filtered through their lens. And it's really important to bring different perspectives across the whole organization as it relates to that customer, because you'll get a lot of different answers depending on who you talk to. Yeah. And I'll just throw this in there as a little defense of the have nots. I think that a lot of times when you talk to customers, and I'll use shippers as an example, selling 3PL services, and you call your guy and say, hey, you know, I want to have a little deeper understanding of what you really want. And he says, yeah, I'd like a good price, and I want really good service. And then that's kind of where you walk away. And so what do we sell? We sell a really good price and really great service. And that's superficial. And it's kind of hard for me to get that deeper understanding because he's not necessarily offering it up. And maybe I don't even have, maybe it's the wrong forum. You know, maybe we don't have a relationship with that he feels comfortable sharing. So let me put it this way. I think a lot of the have nots are trying. Right, right. And that's, you know, that's kind of the mission I'm on personally is definitely not to, you know, cast judgment on people that aren't at the have level yet, but really to educate them on the different ways to be able to get to be a have, you know, and all the things to consider, all the options that are out there to really go deeper with your customers. And that's what gets me up every morning. I get so excited about the work we do because I've seen the impact that doing these things and having this structure and commitment in place, the magic that can happen is phenomenal when you kind of figure out this deep listening. Right. And I would say Maybe one way you know that you're a have not is you are not growing fast. You are not exciting customers with your new and improved service offering. You're saying stuff and they're saying, yeah, yawn, don't care. Yeah, you're the same as the other guy and I'm going to buy on price because you're a commoditized service. Right. And I think when you start looking at metrics that matter to an organization and you look at retention, that's a key. If your retention is not good, then you don't really know your customers as well as you think you might. And if they're not growing with you, if the account values aren't growing along with you, that you're not getting more and more of their business as they grow, then that's a red flag as well. So there are a lot of business cases for listening to the customer and building these deep relationships. Yep. We had some good conversations offline. And one of the things we talked about is this whole idea. In my experience, you can do best for customers that don't hold you at arm's length. And there's a lot of shippers, and I don't mean this in a super negative way. They're busy people. It's not their responsibility to share their insights with me. But a lot of shippers will hold you at arm's length. And then one day you get the call that they're looking for someone else. And you're like, God, I could have done better if you would have let me, but you never let me in. Yeah. And so, you know, that relationship is what helps prevent that out of nowhere, they've gone to the competition. Because if you have the relationship and you're in constant communication and you're showing some of your own vulnerability by saying, yeah, for example, we messed this up. We know we messed this up. We're working on it. We're keeping you posted. This is what we're doing. We've brought in the chief operating officer. We're going to get this fixed. If you have the opportunity where you're able to show your commitment to the customer and your communication with the customer, then more than likely when they start having things come up, like potentially a a better price or something different that they're looking at, they might have the conversation with you rather than just out of the blue, you know, taking a, a leave from you. 
Yep. If you don't know that customer, this has been my experience. Sometimes you could have done things for them that would have made them a lot happier and they wouldn't even have been looking. But if they hold you kind of at arm's length and and some, you know, I can kind of blame them for not sharing, but it's somewhat my responsibility as the supplier to build a deeper relationship. And if it's not with that guy who maybe answers the phone on the dock or uh, the, the purchasing agent, maybe it's my job to go above and talk to the director of supply chain and get in her ear and say, how, how do we build this relationship deeper. Yeah, it really is on the part of the provider to drive that relationship because if you don't, there's no guarantee that they're going to do that back. I mean, I would say very few people have this idea in their mind that, man, I want to go deep with the supplier. I want to build the relationship. I want to make sure they know who we are. That just doesn't happen. That's not their job. (laughs) It's not their job. Yeah. And so it really is on the part of the provider to make that relationship happen and, and to go deeper. One last thing, I talk a little bit about the lack of alignment that goes on with people who are the have-nots, the guys who are not growing fast, who are not retaining customers. Yeah, you know, it's such an organizational thing and I've seen I've seen it go both ways. I've seen when a customer voice of the customer program is brought in, for an example, the customer advisory board. We don't put the executives in a room with the key customers, the decision makers of the key customers. We don't do that without a lot of prep in advance. And we actually do a complete dry run of the meeting that we're going to have. And in that prep session, sometimes we find a disconnect amongst the leadership team. And one example I can give you, there was a term that they had created that had to do with commerce. And they said, let's do a session on this. Let's talk to our customers, how this resonates, what they think of, blah, blah, blah. And what happened was there was an agreement amongst the leadership team on what it meant. And so, you know, the last thing they wanted to do was go in front of a room full of their customers, their really key customers, and look like left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. And so the process of getting this voice of the customer oftentimes drives that internal alignment as well. And then the second step of that is when they come back with these insights, they need to drive them, push them down through the organization so that they're aligning with the people that can actually do, you know, their day-to-day jobs based on that feedback. An example I'll give you there is we had a customer advisory board meeting with a global technology company And we did a debrief after the meeting with the executive team. But then that CEO asked us to be on a call and do the exact same debrief, no holds barred, do the exact same debrief with their global team. And so we had a call with, I think, 75 leaders from around the world on this call where I provided the feedback that the customers had provided in the customer advisory board meeting. So it went all the way through every part of the organization. And that's key. That communication back to the the people that are in the day-to-day, it really, really matters. Right. And this is my feeling. We don't understand our customer very well. So starting at senior management all the way down to the lowest level. So we don't align our messaging, our marketing, our sales, and our customer service to that customer need. Or if we do, it's a superficial customer need. So the guys who are the have-nots don't have an alignment. They don't have an understanding of the customer that doesn't translate into their business because they don't know it. Or again, it's on a superficial level, which is why you see a lot of the uh, kind of me too marketing where we do the same. We'll just copy somebody else's website more or less because that's what we do. And as a result, the sales guys are left hanging. They got to go out and go rogue to sell any way they can because they don't have a differentiated product. 
Yeah, that's right. And I think for particularly in marketing, it's hard to provide the right message if you don't know what really what the customers value and how well you do it. So, you know, the best place to market is at that intersection of we do this really well and our clients really value it. And so if the marketing people don't have access to what those things are, then it's really hard to nail the marketing message for, you know, putting it out there to the prospects. We'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. If you sell transportation or logistics services, the logistics of logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. And now, back to the show. So we know that there's haves and haves nots in this space. And so the have nots, which you're just talking about, they are not, they don't have that customer focus. They don't have that high growth that we're all looking for. They don't have the right alignment to the customers and they don't understand their customers' wants. They don't have that voice to the customer. The haves, on the other hand, do have all that. So talk about them. Yeah. So the haves, you know, they understand the return of investment on investment of these types of programs. If you think about what it means to lose one customer, what that does to the bottom line and the time that you invest to keep that customer and to understand that customer and to build the relationship with that customer, it's a clear case for an ROI to do this hard work of customer engagement, customer listening, building relationships. It's really a no-brainer. So the haves know that and they invest time and money and effort into really putting their money where their mouth is on being a customer-centric organization. They also understand the value of a process. And this stuff can't just happen on an ad hoc basis. You really have to have a strategy and a process for making it happen. And like we were talking about before, it's, you know, it's not up to the customer to build the relationship. It's really up to the supplier. So, you know, you have to have that focused processing and mechanism for making it happen. Yeah, and it has to be ongoing because this the shippers that we all serve, their world is changing very rapidly. You know, there's that home delivery. It wasn't so long ago that that seemed like, you know, a very niche space. Now it's kind of, you know, becoming dominant. Shipping from overseas, having to deal with sustainability, ELDs, Food Safety Modernization Act, these things come and they're all of a sudden they just change the market. And it changed that the shippers thought about, but if you weren't really closely aligned to them, or unless they told you or you read it somewhere, yeah, you don't know to follow up. It just kind of happens. So if you had a great customer, uh, voice of the customer exercise in 2018, it might be completely outdated by now. So you need that ongoing mechanism. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important to clarify what we mean by voice of the customer. You know, I think a lot of people kind of default to the idea that voice of the customer means a survey or research or, you know, an outreach call once a year to see how it's going. That's a part of voice of the customer, but it's so much more than that. It's getting insights that you can't get unless you're having a you know, an intimate conversation with them. It's body language, it's emotion, it's tone. It's so much more than just a survey. And so I think it's really, it's important to understand that voice of the customer is a starting point for a process that can really ultimately lead you to a place that it just makes it really easy to keep and expand customers. 
Yeah. You know, any relationship, family relationships, friends, all of these things that we all have. Think about how problematic some of those can be when you kind of get together with the whole family at Christmas time. Always got the challenge, you know, keeping everybody happy. Those are the people we know and love. right? (laughs) And, And I keep thinking they're not on the other side of the country that you see them, you know, once a year or, you know, every other quarter. So we do have a real challenge in building a relationship and keeping that voice the customer. And so talk to us a little bit about a process or a mechanism that helps us get these deeper insights, helps us build these relationships and keep it ongoing so it's not outdated. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, thanks. You know, I think it's so important what you just said, it's a process and it's hard work. It's worth it and it matters, but it is hard work. So I think having that mindset of knowing that going into it is really important. At Congruity, we have a five-step process to get to what we refer to as the holy grail with customers. So the first thing is, as I mentioned earlier, just having that commitment, just saying this is, we're in this for the long haul. This is important. There's a business case for doing this and we're going to do it and we're going to stick with it. And we're all committed to that. So that's the first piece. The second piece is just having a strategy because what works for one company may not work for another company. And one method of listening to the customer may work for one company and not for another. So there's a lot of strategy that needs to go into it. And not just what works, but can we implement this? Do we have the bandwidth amongst all of us here in this company to be able to successfully implement this strategy. And that's where I recommend that people bring in a third party to kind of help keep them honest because they can get, people can get really excited about this stuff and say, oh my gosh, yes, I see why this matters. I see what it can do for our business. Yes, let's do it all. Well, they may not be able to successfully do that. And some of these things, it's actually worse to start them and fail in front of your clients and customers than it would be just to not do them. So it, the strategy is really important. Yeah, if I could add something to that is you mentioned, you know, the first step is commitment to the process. I totally agree. And that's senior management commitment, not commitment from the, the exactly. PA gallery. <laughs> yeah. And then when you talk about strategy and say, hey, here's how we're going to do it. And you mentioned bringing an outside party like you guys would be great. The challenge is if you don't is that the whole process becomes a little biased. You know, you as an outsider are, are, you know, you're the one saying the emperor has no clothes. It's real easy to kind of let our predisposed ideas, kind of myths about the market to inform the whole process. So I like the idea of bringing somebody from the outside. Yeah, you know, that's such a good point. And it's not because people don't want to do things the right way. Right, of course we do. Yeah, they can't help but view things through their own lens. And so that neutral third party helps a lot in all of this. So what's the third step? Third step is just actually listening to the customer, the actual voice of the customer, whatever you put in your strategy, now it's time to implement it. So that's the third piece. What's the fourth piece? Fourth piece is once you're listening to the customers, that's where you really start having the opportunity to build those relationships, get that loyalty going, have them start becoming advocates for you. And that is so key. As we discussed, you know, you don't want to be blindsided when somebody says, yeah, we're going in another direction. See you later. You know, if you have that loyalty and that trust and you have built those relationships, that's going to minimize that risk. Yeah, and if I could add something, when you have a really good relationship, if you're working with someone and you've spent a lot of time and you're saying, please help me get better, please help me understand your needs, you've kind of created the pathways for communication to happen. So then if they say, oh, you guys totally missed it, you did this, you zigged when you should have zagged, they don't feel bad telling you. I feel like in a lot of cases, 
you, if you're the 3PL or you're for the, you know, the trucking company or the warehousing company, you don't know how good your relationship is or you worry about that relationship. So you hide things. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want transparency, you know, because sometimes when the messenger comes, you get shot. So the messenger stops coming. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A, a quick sidebar, and I had not mentioned this to you when we were talking before, but one of our clients in this industry, our very first meeting, we were so excited, done all the prep, you know, just a ton of work, and we get on site, and that's when Hurricane Florence hit. So everybody <laughs> was going, in supply chain world, was going crazy because, you know, some of these board members had ships at sea and, you know, trucks that were in, you know, in peril and that kind of thing. And so we ended up having a very small turnout. But what that did was it gave our client the opportunity to say, absolutely, do what you need to do. That's more important. How we can we support you? This is crazy. What do we, you know, what else can we be doing to support you? And it was an opportunity. And then what we did, since a lot of people couldn't come to the meeting, we actually did a follow-up virtual call and really brought up to speed the people who weren't able to make it with, you know, the discussions that did happen at the meeting. So you're just always looking for opportunities when things go a little crazy to kind of be that support, that partner, that trusted, you know, person that you can reach out to and say, hey, I need your help. All of those things go toward building those relationships. So that was number four is creating loyal and customers and kind of advocates. So what's the fifth piece to this puzzle? So the fifth piece is if you think about, okay, we've got this group of loyal customers. That's great. But without doing anything about that, it really doesn't matter a whole lot. I mean, it does because they're loyal. But the fifth piece is really leveraging those customer relationships. So by that, I mean, having them talk to prospects about their experience working with you and try to get that prospect over the finish line. It's co-authoring white papers or doing case studies or providing testimonials, you know, all these marketing assets that you already have this group that you've already identified as loyal people who have chosen to be advocates for you, then you really leverage those relationships. And that's when life gets really, really good because they're an extension of your team. They're basically an extension of your sales and marketing team and their customers. So who's not going to trust them? You know, if they say, yeah, we use this company, they're great. Here, check out this, you know, this white paper case study. I'll tell you all about it. And so when you actually put effort into leveraging those relationships, that's the holy grail. So you just gave us kind of the roadmap to becoming that customer-focused company that can be that high-growth company. So why don't you give it to us just a bullet point for each one of those five points, just so we can all have it clear, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Okay, great. Yeah, so the first point is the commitment, and that comes from the executive team and is the key to any of this succeeding. The second point is strategy. And that's just making sure that you're really thinking through what should we do and what can we do. The third is the voice of the customer. And that's just really strong execution of your strategy. The fourth piece is creating those loyal customers and advocates. And that's a matter of investing time and energy into building the relationships. And then the fifth one is leveraging those relationships and just really partnering with them to help you grow your company because they've already basically said, yeah, count us in. So are you going to go over some of this at the TMSA conference? We are. Yes, we're very excited about that. We're going to so tell us more about that. 
Yeah, so we're going to have, we have an extended session on the first day, and my partner Tony, who's the co-author of the book that we wrote, as well as the co-host of our podcast, he and I are going to be tag-teaming this and really going into a lot more detail on these five things that I just ran through with you. And then we also have some workshops that we do if anybody's interested in going really deep one-on-one with us or in a small group. Well, excellent. I look forward to it. I'll be down there. And I recommend any of you who are interested, again, in growing your sales, get to TMSA, join, attend the conferences. The resources they have are just enormous. They've been in business for a long time. It's a nonprofit and they help all of us. So please support them. Betsy, tell us a little bit of what's going on over at Congruity Group. Yeah, as I mentioned, we um, are getting ready to launch a podcast called the Really Know Your Customer Podcast. We want to go deep into I love this. It. <laughs> yeah, we we really want people to understand it's just not enough to stay at that superficial level if they're wanting to grow their organizations. So we're, we're really going to be talking a lot about how you do this and how you get to really know your customer. We also, Tony and I also have a book that we wrote called Profitability, the revealing way that customers succeed, fail, or bounce back. We've got the conference, the TMSA conference, where we'll be there. We'll also have a booth there, and we're looking forward to meeting a lot of people and talking through some of this stuff. And you can find us on LinkedIn and thecongruitygroup.com. I will also put a link to your book, and you spell profitability with like the profit, not profit and loss, right? Exactly. It's um, the reason we did that is because you know the profits could see out into the future, and that's really what engaging your customers helps you do, and it also helps your regular profitability. So I like it. I like it. <laughs> so I will put a link to your book, a link to your LinkedIn profile and a link to the congruity group. And so if anyone should want to reach out to you, they should reach out to uh, you at your website or LinkedIn or uh, see you at TMSA. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing you there, Joe. And truly, truly appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. As I told you, I'm a binge listener. There's so much value in the guests that you bring on. So thank you very much for the opportunity to be here. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. And we probably didn't mention this, but we should that, you know, the Congruity Group really does specialize. One of their specialties is in logistics and transportation companies. So that's why it was important to me to have you on here. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Okay, and thank all of you so much for listening. Your continued support is very much appreciated. Uh, Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at thelogisticsoflogistics.com.